All right, let's welcome everybody out today to uh, episode 551 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. My name is Chris Hollifield. I am your host. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today on the podcast, we're joined by my friend Danny B. Stewart. I don't know if you guys remember him from back on episode 325 when we talked to him about uh, his Provo Ghost Tour that he put together. Well, he's in Logan now, and he talks all about uh, what it's like living in Logan, uh, going to school in Logan, and I guess he's putting together a Logan Ghost Tour. And so he's got some fun stories on this episode that we're going to get into here in just a minute. Really quick, though, I want to share with you guys, uh, I don't know if you guys realize this year is the 10-year anniversary of this podcast, Uh, so our friends over at Title One have offered to kind of host a um, a 10-year anniversary party, so to speak, so we're going to do a live podcast recording, I guess we're going to be doing barbecuing and just having all kinds of fun there, so mark that on your calendars right now on August 11th, I believe that's a Thursday at Title One. Uh, there in Sandy, we're going to have an I Am Salt Lake live podcast recording for the 10-year anniversary. And if you're not part of the I Am Salt Lake community yet, make sure you join it. We're on Facebook. Uh, just search for I Am Salt Lake community, and then that way you could stay up to date on all of the uh, live shows, the parties, the episodes, and just uh, find out what's going on here in Salt Lake City. All right, like I said, Danny B. Stewart is on this episode. This was a fun conversation that I had with him. Great to catch up with him. Great to find out what he's got going on in Logan. So let's get into the conversation. Here we go. You know, Danny, I would love to start with you uh, right off the bat on what even took you to Logan. I mean, because you were in Provo before, and Mm -hmm. then now you're in Logan. So the last time we talked was four years ago on episode 325. So I'm curious what happened there. Well, um, the uh, BYU Folklore Archives, they contacted me and they wanted to start an archive of archiving my work uh, and uh, basically create the Danny B. Stewart Folklore Collection, which they have done. And they presently don't have all my work. They have they have my Utah Stories articles presently, and then they have several videos that they've recorded of me talking. And it's it's a work in progress where they're just kind of filming me talking about whatever stories I feel comfortable sharing with them of the ones I found throughout Utah County. Uh, as a reminder, like I've I have found over 200 pieces of folklore stories, uh, lost love traditions. Uh, monster lore, ghost lore, et cetera, that have not been published anywhere unless I publish them in Utah Stories magazine. So I'm sitting on quite a few uh, tasty pieces of information that uh, some just kind of, some are short and sweet, just like uh, someone may have saw something, and some are more interesting, like the like an odd story I have about someone who claims he time traveled into the future. Uh, just weird things like that. So uh, BYU, after I've had a few conversations with uh, Christine Blythe, she's the archivist there, and Christopher Blythe, which was her husband, he's a teacher uh, there as well, they uh, kind of suggested that I uh, uh, pursue my master's again and get a PhD. And uh, I think I briefly spoke last time. I tried this at the University of Oregon. It didn't work for me. Uh, I, I, it just wasn't a – I don't feel that the program was what it claimed to be. And so I essentially walked away from it. And I grudgingly, I grudgingly uh, agreed that I would uh, apply at Utah State and, uh, 
at BYU. I didn't get into BYU because, well, I'm an apostate, but um, uh, I did get into Utah State University. And so far, I am very pleased with uh, what I have uh, experienced so far up here. It's It's been a complete black and white night and day difference of support and uh, uh, from the faculty, from the individuals who are uh, leading the leading the folklore program up here. And uh, I've been teaching English as a graduate instructor uh, at Utah State uh, for the last, uh, last year. And we'll be doing so again in the uh, coming fall. And then I'll be teaching 2010 in the spring. And hopefully by then I'll be done with my, uh, with my master's in folklore. Uh, and so after that, I have to decide if I want to pursue a PhD or or not, and I just I don't know where I stand on that yet. Uh, we'll see. I, I kind of have misgivings about academia as a whole in certain areas. I don't know if I really have a chance to get in for certain reasons. But uh, in terms of like, what I'm saying is I don't know if it'd be worth my time to get a a PhD. Uh, I think I may be able to do the exact same thing I want to do with a master's. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. So, so this is actually a master's in folklore. I mean, that's what the actual title of the degree is. Yeah, well, it's technically it's American heritage, but it is. But I mean, that that's the very tangled term. It's it's underlying. Uh, it's a part of the folk of the English department, mm-hmm. and it's a folklore program. But it is a folklore degree. There are other programs throughout the United States that have full fledged folklore degrees, like the. I think uh, India Indiana has one of the the uh, nation's uh, most recognized uh, folklore programs, uh, or department, I should say. But uh, yeah, it is a full folklore degree, and there's a lot of wiggle room for people. There's different types of people in the program, uh, people who have kind of passing interests in folklore, and then individuals who have devoted, devoted their life and sold their entire soul to folklore, mythology, and legend, like me. You know, I often jest that I have no skills outside of a classroom, a library, or a haunted house, and I, I'll stand by that comment. So what kind of classes, I mean, are, are you? do you take? I mean, what... Um... I'm curious because I've never known anybody who's really dived as much into uh, what you've dived into here, Danny. So I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of your classes like up there? Well, the the cool thing about a graduate uh, class is you're given a quite a, a lot more freedom than you would an undergraduate uh, program or undergrad class. For example, I just got through taking a class on fieldwork from uh, Lisa Gabbard, Dr. Lisa Gabbard, and she uh, it's essentially kind of teaching the students how to uh, how to use cameras or certain camera, the certain uh, type of uh, the inter- the intricate elements involved with photography when you are interviewing an individual or meeting an individual or the types of uh, the process of archiving your work into a library. And it's, it's very, it was very tedious work to do the uh, field work because essentially what we did is we interviewed individuals who were related to the uh, Beaver Mountain Resort uh, up here in uh, Cache Valley, uh, p- people who skied, essentially, the ski resort. And I, I interviewed a, a two different individuals who I, I won't say their names right now because of uh, protocol reasons, but uh, uh, they expressed their love and their joy of skiing and, and how Beaver Mountain as a resort or as, as a community builder, what it meant to them. And so that was one class that we took. Uh, and it was it was out of my 
out of my uh, arena. But I mean, and also I had already been doing field work for most of my life. So this was kind of all old material to me. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about that class was having to work in teams. I prefer to work alone. Mm-hmm. I had nothing against my teammates. They were great. I mean, they, they were, they were cool. And I understand why, why we had to work in a team, but that was the only thing I didn't like about it. And, and plus, I mean, I, I think I knew uh, a good amount of the uh, process already with the exception of things related to the uh, intricate library resources and what you have to, what you have to do to get inside the library archive. So this, these interviews I did will be in the uh, library archives at uh, Utah state, as well as everyone else in the class. Hmm. I also took a, uh, a class on folktales from uh, Lynn McNeil. She's the uh, program director. And we just talked about the kind of the vernacular of uh, folktales and a brief history of folktales, legends, uh, and uh, fairy tales and uh, and what people within the the realm of folklore are saying about it. And there's a lot of different opinions about about these topics that uh, and it just kind of just to set you up so that you can understand what the conversation is, what people are saying, and then you write uh, uh, like you do a book review. Uh, no, no, a book review is in the other class. I'm sorry. Uh, you do kind of uh, some write an abstract, and then write a huge. Uh, like a 10 page paper about a topic of your choice. Um, one of my colleagues, she wrote about uh, Latin American folklore and ghost stories. Uh, one uh, girl I, I'm with here, she is uh, Millie. She's doing on like love folklore, Mormon love folklore. Uh, I think love stones, I'm not positive. And I wrote mine about my ghost tour. And when I came here up to uh, Logan, I kind of had it in the back of my mind that I was, you know, I'm going to offer to make them a ghost tour for my, for my masters. For Logan. For Logan. For Utah State. I was like, I've already done this. I've done this twice already. I mean, technically uh, two and a half with the one I almost started in Springfield, Oregon, that I walked away from because they weren't honest about funding. But uh, I got here and I'm thinking, man, I don't know if it's just going to be worth my time is going to be a huge daunting tax. So I kind of got a, a different idea. I was going to uh, kind of, I proposed and it was semi-accepted, not officially, but uh, the, the program director, she kind of liked the idea where I was going to kind of play the middleman. How does the folklorist play the middleman between the paranormal investigator and the scientist in the conversation? Because if you look at there's a lot of noise in what people are calling the paranormal investigation and the paranormal world. And there are individuals that are so willing to believe the most fantastical things. I mean, I'm a believer. I just, I just don't set my belief on saying like the creature in Loch Ness is a police story. I believe there's something in Loch Ness and I believe something there's something that's been seen. I'm just not going to willing to say, I think it's a dinosaur. I think it's something though. It might be a big fish. Who knows? And that's kind of how I approach all these topics is with an open, but uh, semi-skeptical mind. Yeah. And I think that because there's so much dogma within uh, the paranormal field and the cryptozoology, if you will, as well as science, I think it's important that we have a conversation. So I, I'm close friends with my mentor, Dr. Paul Bybee, a paleontologist, Joe Bradford, anthropologist, and other individuals who uh, have a, an open mind enough to have a conversation about these topics. And I, was, I proposed that maybe we 
bring together certain individuals of the uh, paranormal world. You know, friends of mine have off of Facebook, like uh, uh, Lawrence DeMesa, for one. Uh, Scott Martis, before he passed away, he was a lake monster expert. Um, and kind of have a conversation. But then I kind of sat down with a conversation with uh, Lynn McNeil, and I opened my big fat mouth about a ghost tour, and now here we are. And that's kind of what I'm doing now is trying to build a walking folklore tour of Cache Valley or of Logan, but I'm also collecting stories about Cache Valley. And uh, it's it's working so far. I haven't really dug into it as much as I have yet. I wanted to wait for my funding because I was awarded a $4,000 grant to begin uh, working on this from the uh, College of Humanities and Social Sciences. And we got that down. I paid to have a poster made from John Ross Boyce. He's the guy who did my first uh, ghost tour poster. Yeah, I know John. Great guy. Yeah, he's a cool He's a cool guy. He does really good stuff. I like his, I love his art. I love what, what he did on my first ghost tour poster, and I love what he did on my outreach poster. It's super freaking cool. I'd say, I, have, I have confidence in him. I told him, like, dude, just, just uh, you have free creative control here. Just do something. And he did it, and it was awesome. So are you fine? I mean, what kind of stories? Are you finding stories in Cache Valley then? I mean, I would imagine there's just a jam-packed full of stuff up there. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of stories that have been beat to death so far, and that's one thing I'm not going to do. See, and I don't know any of the stories here, Danny. <laughs> well, I, so. I, honestly, I haven't really. Well, I mean, I'll get. To, I'll talk about like, There's this haunted nunnery that a everyone talks nunnery? about all the time. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it because I haven't been spending a lot of time in it, on that. But then there's like this weeping woman statue on campus in the uh, cemetery on campus that people celebrate a lot. And uh, I admittedly and kind of snobbly, snobbery, I, I just kind of avoided these stories. I've, I've heard the terms. Yeah. I just don't think they're worth my time because what I want to do, I don't want to talk about the stories that everyone knows. I want to find new material, new stories that have not been, for one, beat to death. And that have, I've, I've gotten emails from people suggesting like the nunnery or suggesting the weeping woman several times already. But these are things that are just commonly known. And I'm not going to document something that's already been documented and already in the archives. However, what I do want are stories that people have not spoke about yet. They haven't brought up. And that's kind of what, that's exactly what I did with my first ghost tour. And that's what I want to do with this because I want this to be authentic. This mm. ghost tour is going to be an authentic, non-regurgitated uh, experience. Uh, I mean, obviously, as the time goes by, it's going to be a, it's going to be a living entity like my Provo one where new stores will come around and we'll learn more bits and pieces, bits and pieces excuse me, of information. And we'll add on to each story as we go along. Ultimately, the end goal is this. Create a walking folklore tour somewhere around Logan. Hopefully downtown. But we'll see. And then they want to possibly write a how-to manual. How to create a ghost tour. Or a folklore tour. Followed by a manual that can be, that will catalog all the information I found that will be on the tour itself, plus some more that people can go on their own personal little, little walking tour or driving tour. And we, that can be 
actually larger, a larger entity than the uh, walking tour because people can drive to all these different places. So I've already found some strange stories that I am pretty sure will not be able to fit on the ghost tour because they're so far away. Because yeah. I, I need to have at least a one mile square, a one mile radius to make it a, a feasible walking tour. And some of these stories are just, uh, they're not, they're not doable. Um, and as of right now, I'll have her clues too. I've had several people contact me about 15, 20 people contact me within the last, uh, week through email, uh, offering me some stories and, some, and a couple of those have been the ones, like I said, about relating to the nunnery or the, uh, weeping woman. Um, but some aren't, and one's really bugging me. And it was a student of mine, one of my English students, who told me this. And I, I believe him. I don't think he has any reason to lie. And he, he, didn't, he didn't even claim that he saw it. He just said he heard the story, which makes it, makes it more believable that the story is floating out there somewhere. But evidently, somewhere along the west side of Cache Valley, uh, I'm, I'm assuming somewhere on a farm, someone discovered a cow or a bull that had been impaled on a telephone pole. Okay, I'm listening. And that's where it stops. That's where the story <laughs> stops. That, well, that's just it. So what's the point of the story? What's Well, the fact that it was just something like that was found. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then the point is to get to the bottom of it, to learn, okay, so we have this, we have this clue that something happened over here. Then I start digging around. I've asked several people and nothing so far from people yet. Mm-hmm. but that is the beginning of a larger story without whether like, like what did this come from? Was it an actually impaled bull? Was it a prank? Was it uh, cruelty? Was it a UFO? Because there are a lot of stories involving catamulations in this area too, that uh, I want to start getting to the bottom of a lot of rumors I've heard, yeah. Nothing substantial yet. Again, this is how this works. You start with a rumor and then you dig into it and try and find. Uh, as unless you're just doing strictly armchair folklore and working right out of an archive the whole time, just pulling stuff out of archives, which is not something I want to do. I will use the archives for dovetailing purposes and uh, to collaborate a story, but I'm not going to really – I do not want to just pull something out of an archive to put on a tour because, one, it's not something I discovered, and, and two, I just – I just think it's kind of lazy to do that. So do you feel a bit like a police officer sometime? I mean, do you like sometimes go knock on these doors, right? And you're just like, hey, guys, I'm Danny. I'm looking for some uh, information regarding this or this. And you feel like uh, almost like you're an FBI agent, you know, trying well, to that's, track. That's exactly down. what I do. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. Um, I've been going around businesses and local Logan, walk in and just uh, ask a couple questions. and. I have to do this because this is through academia and through Utah State. I have to be careful about when and what I collect what. So I have to make sure I have the uh, certain protocols uh, and uh, I's dotted and T's crossed before I really collect much information before I can share it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's the uh, IRB, the uh, I guess International Review Board, I think, that I have to get uh, permission through also. But, for example, there's a, the, a local bar here the owl bar, which apparently has some type of spirit in it. And I spoke to 
uh, I think he was a, a, a an owner or a manager of the place, but apparently there is a, a very creepy ghost uh, of, of an individual there right now who was uh, a creeper. He'd go and stand by the bathrooms when uh, women would go in there and just kind of wait for them to come in and out. So he, he wasn't a, a really good guy, so to speak. But they claim he's still there. Hmm. Uh, they uh, – see if I can find – it was uh, Fergie, I think his name. Is the name they gave me, and they apparently uh, a year or so back they found uh, scraped on the soap dispenser. Now again, any human could do this, but they believe that it could have been the ghost of them that did this. There was scraped on the soap dispenser. Uh, I I dot B dot Fergie. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> kind of creepy. Speaking to him, he's like, "I have to think about it if I want to talk to you more." So I need to go back in because. It's really trying to convince people to talk to you and share your share their stories with you. Some people are super eager to, more than willing to just, yeah, I got the story for you. I'll tell you everything right now. I don't care. And some individuals are more, uh, they want to be either be anonymous about it. And uh, and I understand that. You know, I mean, this is a somewhat a, a taboo topic that uh, you know, so a lot of people get frowned upon for digging into or even believing. So I get it. And so, yeah, I've been going into businesses and obviously I don't go to homes, just knock on the door. Unless I know for certain there's something going on there, I might do that. But I start out with businesses, local businesses, and try to find any stories I can from them, dig around, and then follow through with that. And hopefully as time passes, pick up more more pieces of the story as time goes on. Like my first ghost tour took me almost 10 years to build. Serious? I don't know if you mentioned that when we chatted the first time. I, I know we talked about your first, uh, you know, your ghost tour you you do in Provo. Yeah, uh, but I didn't know it took ten years for you to build it. It did, and so I got to do this in about a year and a half. And this may or may not be finished by the time I'm done. Yeah. And then I hope, hopefully, someone uh, will be able to pick up and and be willing to pick up because it, it takes a lot of drive it takes you have to actually care about it you know i mean for me like my whole life is folklore that's all it is folklore mythology legend storytelling and teaching and so i don't care really about anything else well other i think other people feel like they would want a life and probably wouldn't want to devote as much time to it does that make sense oh absolutely so hope, yeah so hopefully i get enough of it done if not finished within a year from now that they have at least something solid to either continue to build upon or that they can actually start using and utilizing to uh, make some petty cash for the department, uh, the department, the uh, program. And ultimately, my goal is that they will have something that will, they can use for scholarships or for you know, other events that the football program could put on over the air. And if they play their cards right, and if they market it correctly, they can make a, a good sized chunk of change, mm. you know, every single year that would help the department for um, whatever purposes they, they want, you know? And I think that's, I think that might've been one reason why they were a little excited about it too. Hopefully I can do that. So how can our listeners help you out then, Danny? What, so if they're in the Cache Valley area, if they're in the Logan area, if they're, or if they know of stuff, I mean, a lot of people, 
I mean, you don't have to live there, I guess, to know folklore stuff to share with you. So, so what are you looking for? How can they get a hold of you? Like, let, let's talk about some of that for a second. Well, if you have any stories, uh, if you have lived in Logan or know people who live in Logan or have any clues of odd events, uh, and I'm, I don't mean just ghosts or monsters. I mean, anything strange, like a weird murder tale, um, something that happened that you just cannot explain, uh, UFO related stuff, which is something I've kind of been finding is very common around here. Also, uh, please, uh, just reach out to me, uh, and email me through which other, uh, email that you choose. There'll be two emails that you can contact me through. And if you're willing to, uh, if you have just a clue, just something like I heard this happened here, that's great. Because I'll take that clue and I'll and I'll dig into it until I find it, and that that clue, no matter how small it is, can be used as a, a building block to something, to, to get into the bottom of you know whether this clue ended up being complete bullcrap or if it was part of a, a story that's yet to be completely told. Uh, I think a lot of times when we hear a ghost story or something like that, a lot of people don't have the full story right off. Like every time. Uh, and I every time, but many times, like some will say, like I heard that this place is haunted. I said, "What about it?" Well, that's all I know. So you got to take that story and go, like, say, so who lives here now? What are they hearing? What's happening here? Sometimes there may be nothing. Sometimes there may have, be absolutely nothing. Some people who think they may have uh, lived in a haunted house here in Cache Valley, or saw something in the sky at Cache, in Cache Valley, or saw a strange creature, or know a Bigfoot story, anything like that. Uh, I will collect it. And then I, at the end, I will take each one, uh, gather all the information I have about it, take the geography element of it, try to find the ones that are closer together, and hopefully, hopefully have a good solid, or at least the beginning of a good solid tour that the uh, Logan can eventually begin to celebrate and go on and start to, you know, learn some of the, the quirkier elements of its. Uh, of its history and local lore. And I want it to be a community-based thing too. I think it's important that uh, the people who are willing to share their stories know that they're they're working to build something for their community. And I think there's a difference between me and other individuals who are going to build a ghost tour or a folklore tour. I'm not saying this of everyone, but this is an, an element that's going to be uh, created from the ground up using fresh tales that have yet to be, at least as far as I know, yet to be told or cataloged. So we're going to be finding stories that have not been floating around already, and people learn new things about the local lore. And again, if someone hears this podcast, don't just assume like, well, this is all bullcrap. And that's just, that's just it. It doesn't matter. Many times these stories Real or not, they have a stronger effect upon people than just that. They they affect our emotions. They they cause fear. They cause awe. I mean, why do people go to the films to see a, a horror film or a, 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 or about a ghost? It's a fiction, ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. And these stories are the catalyst. They are the foundations of everything that people celebrate in pop culture. Because this is where it begins. This is where these ideas start. And so, you're helping to build a community event that hopefully will last 
you know, as long uh, as Logan does, as it continues to grow and be run, and it will be run by the university, so it will be run by a credible, a credible entity, by the folklore program. The walking tour, the walking tour will be held by the run by the university. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to follow the story here, Danny. No, I'm hoping I'm making sense. No, 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 no. You are. You are. You are. Yeah, that's it. Just any fun, odd, strange, quirky story about Cache Valley, whether it be ghosts, monsters, UFOs, a weird individual that kind of really creeped you out, man in black, anything. Now, are you are you doing stuff with the Skinwalker Ranch? Then isn't that kind of uh, isn't that up there in Cache Valley or no? No, no, no that's no, no. like more Vernaler. I won't. I don't ever go touch that stuff. Okay, <laughs> that's another one of those areas that's been beat to death too. Okay, okay. <laughs> there are too many people already working on that. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's fascinating though what I know about Skinwalker Ranch. It is. It is. It is interesting. Um, I don't know if it's if we should be using the term Skinwalker to describe it. I, that's kind of been well. That's that, just I mean, the I'm, name that they go by. I oh, guess. I know that. Yeah, 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 I, I'm yeah. not getting. I just think that that's another thing that kind of pollutes the uh, pollutes the conversation too. Because uh, a skinwalker is a very particular thing, and I'm not of Native American descent, but I know, and I've interviewed many uh, Navajos, and and I've gotten down to the nitty gritty of what uh, they claim their belief is, and it is a far different uh, spectacle from what is being broadcasted in the uh, pop culture. You know, so that's kind of why I don't I don't really delve into that much. One, because it's not something that uh, I can speak of as an authority. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's what's funny is that every time someone claims to see some odd humanoid thing with antlers, it's immediately a skinwalker. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I, I mean, it's it's interesting how that uh, that this seems to be the case now. I mean, I've collected a few stories of things being seen in uh, Utah County. Uh, of humanoid cat, uh, a couple different uh, humanoid things with uh, antlers. And whenever I retell this tale, the first word that comes to me is a skinwalker. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I mean, we don't know what it is, but let's be careful with that term because we're going to pollute the water here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I take it too seriously. No, no. So are you, so you, okay. So you're working on getting this ghost tour put together. Are you still doing just for the sake of the podcast and for listeners that maybe, you know, heard you the first time around, are you still doing the tours then in Provo? Or, I mean, have you put those on hold or, or what's the situation with the Provo tours that you're, you were yeah, doing? the, the Provo, the original Provo Utah ghost tour is on sabbatical right now. Uh, I will be doing it as a, uh, a fundraiser for the Utah or Folklore Society of Utah. I did one a few uh, a year back or so, and I'll be doing that again. But if someone has a larger group, I'm more than willing to make the trip down. It's just that uh, until probably 2024, I don't know if I'll be reopening, or even 2023 maybe, if we're lucky, if I'll be reopening it until then. So, yeah, it's on sabbatical, but I am still open for consulting sure. and other things, just not, uh, not the tour right now. So fascinating, Danny. I mean, are you still, have you, and I know you were talking about writing some books before the first time around. Are you still just working on writing these books? Have you finished any of them? I've, I've got a lot on paper. I have not finished any, no. Yeah. yeah. I just, it just seems like one thing happens after another where I'm just kind of working on several projects at once and it just gets out of hand, especially yeah. with grad school now. Grad school kind of stops everything. So fascinating. What, uh, so after you're done with this, this tour that you're doing in Logan, I mean, what's your next step? What do you plan on doing with all of this once you get wrapped up there? Well, I'm hopefully just find another teaching degree 
somewhere or a teaching, sorry, teaching position somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, look at uh, PhD programs and then continue to write and work on my projects. And I, I've since then too, I've also been a consultant and uh, uh, kind of a guest speaker on Monsters Across America on Fox Nation's Monsters Across America. I've been doing that for a couple years now. That's just like uh, a show that talks about monsters and stuff. And, Still trying to get. Some so what are you, TV what are you doing started. for that show then? Monsters. Uh, I'm I'm unfamiliar with this one. Yeah, it's on Fox Nation. Mm-hmm. It's just t- talks about uh, cryptozoology and strange anomalies throughout the United States, and I just kind of come on once a season and just kind of rant about a few different things and give my my worthless opinion about stuff. How did you get teamed up with that? Uh, they approached me. I actually think that they approached BYU and then Christine Blythe pointed them my way. I think that's what happened. Okay. She's on the show also. It's a fun little show to do. Um, but uh, ultimately, my main goal is to have a, a bigger a bigger show where I have more control and more creativity, which it's these things take forever. So we'll see if that ever happens. I still think you need to do a podcast or your own YouTube channel or something, you know? Everyone says that. It sounds so exhausting. Maybe I'll have to do it. I, I, I mean, it could be, I guess. I mean, it, it uh, I mean, I, I think it's the consistency and, and, you know, having to uh, keep up on a schedule or something like right, that, right, right. you know, could be time consuming, but uh, well, so awesome, man. So tell me about Logan, man. Are you enjoying it? Is it fun up there or was it just I like, I love Logan. You love it. Huh? I, I, I mean, that's I what I hear from everybody. It. It's, it's like, it's 40 years behind in a good way. <laughs> 40 years. Like, like, tell me, like, how good way? What, uh, explain well, just that. like it feels like a small town, like okay. it, it's still, and I mean, it's growing. And I, and I think, I think a lot of the old timers are kind of upset with the way it's growing, and I can understand why. But, like, for example, like the festivals here, they feel like real festivals, they feel they, they, they they're so close and tight knit. There's just this, there's just this atmosphere about Logan that. It makes me feel safe okay. and it makes me feel protected. And I, I just, for the first time, I think in my entire life, I, I can go for like a walk at like three o'clock in the morning and not worry about a single thing. It's like, it, and it may be, it's just, it's this incredibly, it's this feels, and I may be wrong, but I just know that I feel so safe here in many different ways where I can just do whatever I want at any given time and go out to a park and start taking photos and hopefully try and find some stuff and not have to be worried about being attacked by some dirt bag. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been something that's happened to me in Provo many times. Uh, and even on my, on my tour, you know, we've been, uh, you know, virtually uh, almost assaulted several times too. And it's, it's unfortunate that that's the thing, but, uh, they have this great little Christmas parade uh, and little festival in December where I felt like I was in the middle of a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> and, and the little farmer's market here, it's beautiful. It's just everything about it. I love it. And the theaters, oh my gosh, the movie theaters. They're just, there's just this Utah theater up here that plays all old films. It's like walking into a time machine. Like old black and white movies and stuff? All kinds of movies. I mean, they'll play like stuff from the 90s. Like they had Groundhog Day, uh, you know, on Groundhog Day. They just got through with a John Wayne week. Um, I, think th- I think they're doing like an Audrey Hepburn week right now or something. And it's just, it's it's like a little play theater, but they 
play these old films. Um, like they, for example, during Christmas, they played White Christmas. And at the end of the film, like fake snow started to fall from the ceiling. <laughs> it was magical. So I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned. I'm just really, if I could find a, a reason to stay here and I could find a job, I, I don't think I would ever leave. Well, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like you're ready to settle down there. Oh, yeah. I love it. I think it's great. I think the atmosphere, I think the people, the people are too nice. It's weird. It's like, are you faking it? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take, I'm going to assume you're just nice. Well, let's <laughs> let, let that actually leads us into, you know, to a, to a, to a area of the podcast. I mean, typically I'll say like, Hey, you know, family and friends, they visit us in Salt Lake, right? Like, I know I asked this when you were on the podcast before Danny, but if, if, if like, let's pretend I was going to come up to Logan and visit you this upcoming weekend, where would you take me and show me around? I mean, it's, you've named a couple of places, I guess, already like the movie theater and, and stuff like that. But is there any other places you would take and show me? Oh, sure. I'd take you to Zuta. Zuta. Tell me about this. Oh, it's adorable. It's like a little zoo. That's like mostly, uh, it's mostly like an aviary. It mostly has birds, but, uh, they have like a, like a, a thousand year old caribou. I mean, he looks old what? and yeah, he's old. And there's like these really angry black uh, swans that want to kick your ass. And you are these alive? Him. Are these animals yeah. alive? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, a, it's like an outdoor walking, uh, walking zoo where you just walk through on your own and everything's kind of behind a, behind a fence or a gate. And sure. there's like the, you can feed the ducks. They, they, you, you buy feed for the ducks and ducks are almost, almost tame. They'll come right up to you, eat out of your hand and that. But then there's like swans. There's like a couple or like a horned owl. There's some one little area that has all these different types of a waterfowl in it. There's a lynx. There's a couple coyote. There's some fox. I mean, nothing too elaborate, but it's it's so cute and so fun. Like it's perfect for kids. It's Tara and I, my girlfriend and I, we go there every single Saturday when it's open. We, we have this, this ritual. Like I'd say, come up here on Saturday. And we'll go to the we'll go to the Logan Farmers Market, the Garden Market, and we'll hang out there for a while. They got this great Mexican, these great Mexican food. This little, little uh, area where they have like these uh, Mexican omelets and uh, Mexican breakfast burritos. Oh, forget about it; they'll die. <laughs> and then and then we head over to Zuta and hang out there for like you know an hour or so. And just try not to get your ass kicked by the black swans that want to murder you. Oh, they're mean. They're beautiful, but they're mean. They'll snap at you, and they're fun just to kind of look at them. They'll get so pissed if you just look at them. But that's part of the fun. Then, uh, you know, dink around downtown in the Main Street area. It's just, and eventually, you know, go to Utah Theater and see an old school film. Or walk around campus even. Utah State University has just a great atmosphere about it. It's just, I feel so comforted there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't. I, 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 I'm feeling really sappy just explaining it like, like I'm a ham just trying, like uh, trying to explain this because I've never lived in a place that was so, that had such positive feelings about in my entire life. Well, you know, when I, when I was going to call you up here, Danny, I expected, uh, you know, you to kind of talk about how much you hated living in Logan, you know, I, I, but, I'm getting the opposite here. This is, this is great. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's certainly a very conservative place. Yeah. Is that that tough for you to live in a conservative place like that? I I just, I just don't let it bug me. I think I, I've always been able to have a, a conversation on both ends. Like I'm, I'm, you know, 
a little bit more more that more left from center than usual. Like I, I'm more left than anything, but I'm not one of those individuals who just wants to shut down a conversation because I disagree with you. And I think that's been to my benefit for most of my life where I, I've been able to get along with, you know, your average Trump supporter. I may not agree with that person, but I mean, I'll certainly try to just have a conversation with you. And I think it's been that ability of mine to, just kind of exist in an area and take the positive out of it. And there's just been, there are far more positives of living in Logan than there are negatives. What would you change about Logan? If you could change something about Logan, a target, a target, target. we need a target bad, (laughs) not even a wall. Is there a Walmart up there? There's two Walmarts. There's two Walmarts. There's two Walmarts. We got a Costco. We got or we got a Costco coming. We got a Walgreens. We got a Winco. And I think probably how everything dies at seven. That's one thing that bothers me. There's not a dance club either. We need a dance club. So everything dies at seven. And I bet you nothing's open on Sunday, right? The town is very dead, few things dead on Sunday. But I mean, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's there's something to be said about that way of life where it's oh, just totally. a slower way of. I think people live longer, right? Less stress. Well, I think my obsession with like community and festival and folklore makes makes it so I can truly appreciate it for what it is. And I totally get it. And uh, I do think that we need to target, but I, I don't think anything should change. I think I think too much change would destroy the the love that I feel for this. I think it would destroy Logan if too many things change. And it totally it it needs to stay the way it is for it to maintain its charm. The charm here. I just don't have words for it. I'm just in love with it. And I really did not think I would, I would, I, I, okay. I'm getting excited just talking about Logan. Moving up here, I was just like, ugh, oh God, this is going to suck so bad. <laughs> you see, you were prepared for it to, to just be horrible. I was prepared for the worst. And then the first weeks, couple weeks, I was up before school started, I was like, there's nothing going on here. But then I just had to pull out my radar boop 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 and just kind of pay closer attention to how things work and the areas around here the different little gems like the the gosner foods cheese place that's that's west of here you go buy all the cheese you want it's amazing it's this big cheese factory it's the coolest thing of all cool things if you love dairy uh it's just little things that just pile and make it so gorgeous there's this restaurant here called sabora's that you have to eat at holy crap it's so good. Tell me more. What uh, what kind of food they got? It, it's like this mixture of Latin American and and uh, curries, and they have a peanut butter burger. Okay. Uh, I, I, and they have you, this you have this uh, <laughs> butter chicken curry, which is just so good that they have. Pho. It's the only pho in town, but it's good. It's it's like this mixture, this hodgepodge of all these different tastes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's right by the mall. By the Cash Valley Mall, which isn't of itself an odd entity because it's like it's like the corpse of a mall, but it still lives. It's like a zombie mall. So all the shops are still there, but nobody's shopping there. Or no, just like eight places, they're still open, <laughs> but everyone still goes. That's just it. Like it's it, people still go, but it's because it's the only thing to do. Sure. Uh, and but like the Saboras, oh, you got to eat there. I will shout out that place to the end. 
but yeah, Logan is just amazing. And that's, and that's kind of, I think the, the community, the communal element of it is going to be really advantageous for me when I really start digging into collecting these stories. Um, cause already it's a lot of, a lot of the people who've come to me, have just been word of mouth. They, there's this, there's this nut guy, this nutty guy walking around looking for ghost stories. You should talk to him. And so they email me and I just got the poster finished. So once I get those posters put up, I'm going to get a lot more uh, email traffic from that. I learned from my other ghost tour that majority of the people who come to my tour see the hard copy poster more than they see anything online. So once I get those posters up, boy, I tell you, I am going to have my hands full of ghosts and monsters and creepies and all manner of stuff. And it's going to be fun. And I'm getting excited about it, too, because we're just getting started. I just have... So a few things, and I just how how you're going to do this, how I'm going to do this is just collect the stories, collect the geographies of everything, find out what is you know what isn't just complete bullcrap, what is actually something that someone just didn't just make up out of the whim. Try to figure that out. So hopefully, have some things have a little bit more history behind them. What I mean by that is it's not just it's something that's been kind of word of mouth for a while. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to figure this out, and then. Mm-hmm take that and just start a tour and I'm hopefully I'll be able to do the first tour of this in the end and just kind of set a precedent and write the script and pass it on to Utah state and say, there you go. All I want is my name attached to it, but it's yours. It's a pretty nice gift for them. You know what I mean? Cause in reality, you should just take this tour and like uh, run with it as your tour, right? Like, but, you know, it's it's kind of your gift to the school, I guess. Well, I'm getting a master's out of it. Yeah, this is my true. main message. That's you know true. what I mean? And so, I mean, I, w- I don't, I don't want to do it. If, I, if they offered me, like, if at the end, like, the best case scenario would be me to be get, given a job and say, look, just just run this tour. No, no one else can do it. And like, okay, sure. I'll do it. Yeah. But then uh, I have my Provo tour. I got to consider what I'm going to be doing. I, I thought about selling my Provo tour. I could see but, somebody uh, being interested in buying that. But my, my ticket price is $1.5 million because it took 10 years to build. So that's a lot of hours. I just, uh, let me check my wallet here. No, I don't, don't have that for you, Danny. Sorry. You don't have... <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I want this to work out, not just as like a, a legacy project of my own here at Utah State, but I just really think having a good, walking folklore tour could really be a boost for the community and something that brings people together. And that's just something that I think that is severely lacking with, you know, I think community is just kind of going away in a lot of different parts. And I'm, I'm not alone. And in, in, in when I say this, I think I'm echoing a lot of different people, but every time I see an event or a festival that brings people together at a local level, which is what I see a lot around here, it just brings joy to my heart. And I just want to, I want to, I want to build that. I want to help that happen here. Well, there's definitely passion there, Danny, and you can definitely hear it in your voice. And I mean, talking with you and the, the, you know, the times I've talked with you in person, you know, off of air and I mean, whatever, I mean, you can definitely tell it is, it is part of you and part of uh, who you are. So, Hey, you know what? I appreciate that out of you, man. I appreciate it. So 
Thank you. Is there anything, I mean, as we kind of wrap this episode up a little bit, let's kind of run down the, you know, I know we kind of mentioned it earlier of how people can submit ghost stories and stuff like that. And I mean, obviously you'll take ghost stories of even Salt Lake and stuff like that too, right? I mean, if, oh, of course. if I'll accept anything um, from all, you know, I- any area of Utah, you'll take a, a nice ghost. Oh story. yeah. And, and I still get those a lot too. And, and I'm more than willing to talk to people who want to, and, have a discussion about what they saw. Like, uh, keep in mind though, like I, and I think I said this before, I am, I am not a paranormal investigator. I, I'm not. Yeah. You, did. Folk- you, you mentioned that before. <laughs> I, I have to reiterate, I'm a folklorist and a story collector and uh, a historian more than anything. So I like to collect your story. We'll talk about it. We can even talk hypotheses. A lot of times people come to me with some strange things that they just can't, uh, they're just looking for anything that might have happened throughout history that may mirror what they saw or what they what they experienced. And I've had conversations like that. But if you have a story or a sighting or anything odd uh, in Cash Valley specifically, but anywhere really in Utah, you can email me at uh, stewiebaloui.com, S-T-E-W-I-E. B-A-L-O-O-I-E at hotmail.com or at capital A 0205-1636 at USU.edu. And that's my official USU account, but it'll probably be easier for you to remember the Stewie Bluey more than anything. And if you're if you already live locally, you'll find my posters floating around. They'll have contact information also. But yeah. I would really appreciate your help and to build this for the community because I think that uh, one it, once it's in its uh, movable form, I think it'll be something nice and fun for everyone. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this episode up, Danny? It's been an honor uh, chatting with you again and having you on the podcast and kind of uh, allowing you to kind of update our listeners and what you got going on with your with your stuff. So anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm still writing for Utah Stories Magazine. Okay. I just had I just had an article about the jackalope, a, a local jackalope sighting. I just uh, had published in there too. There'll be another article coming out about the ghost tour up here in Logan uh, this month. There'll be an online exclusive. So, but uh, yeah, just check out Utah Stories Magazine and uh, keep your eyes open for anything odd and get back to me if you feel like it. I'd appreciate it. And can people connect with you on social media at all? I don't oh, know yeah. if you gave any of your social media stuff. Uh, are you on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that? Or, or? Uh, Instagram, I'm the Provo Utah Ghost Tour. Okay. And on Facebook, uh, Danny B. Stewart or the original Provo Utah Ghost Tour of Danny B. Stewart. You can contact me on either of those. We'll be perfectly fine. But uh, yeah, any way that you can. Awesome. And then that's really all I have. All right. Many, many thanks to Danny B. Stewart for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Such a fun conversation, such a great guy. And I cannot urge you enough to reach out to him. Let him know that you heard him on this podcast. And if you have any fun stories to share with him of anything in the Logan area, like he mentioned in this conversation, reach out to him, let him know. And uh, yeah. Hey, and if you're not part of the I Am Salt Lake community on Facebook, make sure you join us. Uh, We're talking in there about Salt Lake City. We're talking about all things podcast related. And we're talking about, uh, I don't know, anything and everything. Uh, Just search for I Am Salt Lake community in Facebook and you can join it and uh, come say hello. Love to meet listeners of the podcast. Love to connect with you guys. 
And uh, as always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're here every week uh, with a brand new episode showcasing uh, people in Salt Lake City that are doing cool things. So until then, you guys have a great week and uh, support local. Bye, guys.